It's the end of the legislative season, and so many bills have been sent to the governor for signing. And there's a budget that's still out there. What's going to happen for your community? What about your district? And what about re-election? Who's going to represent you in the next General Assembly in 2024? It's Stay the Wonder. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. We're going to talk with Delegate Cliff Hayes about just those topics in just a moment. Welcome back. It's Stay the Water. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Laville. We want to thank you for joining us on this beautiful Sunday as we broadcast always from the campus of the Norfolk State University on WNSB Hot 91, the soul of VA. As always, we'd like to thank the Spartan community and Spartan Nation for your support. Without you, we couldn't do what we do. And those that support Hot 91, the baddest radio station out there. And as always, we have with us in the studio, my producer of this show, the gentleman that I learned just about everything from, <laughs> Marvin Folks, also known as DJ Scandals. You can hear him on the Wheels of Steel every day, Monday through Friday from 2 to 6 p.m. and also on Saturdays. And guess what? On Sundays, he's the hardest working man in radio. He's in studio with me right now. Well, listen, you know, those of you who are who listen to the show, those of you that are supporters, you know, every January, February and March, we discuss and we talk about the legislative session here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And with that, you know, there's so many exciting things that are happening here in the Commonwealth. Uh, it is a state that is on the move, breaking barriers, going back in history, elimin- not just eliminate, but exposing and, and things that were hidden, but for the better. And the Commonwealth is good because it has legislators that are fighting for your rights and fighting for the good of your community. And there's no other legislator that I'm a bigger fan of than my good friend, NSU alum, and also a delegate, Cliff Hayes, representing you here in the Commonwealth, the area of Chesapeake. Delegate Hayes, thank you for joining us here on State of Warrant. It's always a pleasure, my friend, Dr. Claville. Uh, DJ Scandalous, and the entire Spartan Nation. It's always a pleasure to be able to be here uh, on the hot 91.1. And I got some for you um, uh, in the very near future because of the district in which we represent going forward. All right. But we'll hold that for the moment. Uh, I know there are some other matters that you'd like to discuss. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, as, as I stated before, you know, I do this show every January, February, March. I'm fortunate enough to be able to do it and really have a front door, behind the scene view of government and how it works. You know, uh, when I talk about the hardest working legislators in the, the GA, I think we've got a group of cadre uh, that represent this area and who are also NSU alums that I believe work. They, You guys are the hardest working. Nobody outworks you guys in the General Assembly. I see it. Hands down, every day that I'm up there in the legislature, you guys going back and forth to committee, meeting with constituents, fighting, speaking up on the floor, giving speeches, and making sure that your representatives, that the your your community that you represent, are well represented up there. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, a interesting challenge that we have now in the posture in which we serve, but um, uh, obviously uh, through the hard work. Um, that, as you mentioned, our alum of Norfolk State University that happened to be sitting there uh, in the General Assembly fight daily uh, on trying to better opportunities for our Norfolk State, beloved Norfolk State University, uh, and beyond. 
um, I would be remiss if I didn't say that during this past 45-day session, you know, we worked really hard for the people of the Commonwealth of Virginia, obviously our specific dis- district, on issues that folks care about the most, um, protecting our fe- uh, freedoms, uh, making sure that we keep our communities safe, creating an economy for hardworking uh, Virginians, as well as trying to provide a world-class education. And so those are some pillars that uh, we put in place when we headed into the session, and we vowed that we would fight vigorously and courageously for uh, during the session, and we did just that. Absolutely. Doug Hayes, tell us, how long have you represented your district? I've been representing the district uh, at the state level for, uh, say, since 2016 when I was elected in a special election to replace then Senate or Delegate Lionel Spruill moved to the Senate. And from there, I um, ran to be the representative of that area in which I grew up in, that my parents grew up in, that my in-laws grew up in, that my wife grew up in. So this is a generational uh, protection, if you will, and fighting uh, at the core of uh, where we're from. And so we don't take it lightly that uh, we've been uh, chosen to continue uh, fighting for South Norfolk, Indian River, uh, Camelot, Deep Creek, um, and beyond. Um, so it's it's an important matter for us to represent in this fashion, um, and we certainly look forward to doing that uh, going forward. Absolutely. And not only that, but you also represented the local area uh, on the local level as well. Yeah, prior to uh, being elected to the Virginia General Assembly, I was a member of the Chesapeake City Council. And uh, again, we don't take it lightly that people uh, give their trust to us to represent them and to fight for uh, their area. And so when I was tapped back then by whom I consider some of Chesapeake's greats, um, Dr. Hugo Owens, um, uh, Ray Connor, uh, Sheriff Newhart, uh, uh, Dr. William Bill Ward, who um, Absolutely. decided to uh, be the manager of my campaign and has always been the manager of my campaigns until his uh, passing. Um, uh, I had a cadre of folks who, uh, as leaders of our communities, who were shapers of our community, asked me, to step out and run for a local office. And back then, I didn't know what the world I would do to be able to do that. And they said, don't worry about it. We're going to show you how. And so from there, uh, we kind of took off from there, following the lead of those great giants. And uh, the rest is history. Absolutely. The rest is history. And not just good history, because you're making history on the hill. So I want to get right into the 2023 legislative session. First of all, what's your take? <laughs> what's your hot take on this session? Well, you know, um, again, I mentioned earlier in our uh, conversation about the posture in which we find ourselves um, going back to a time when Democrats were in control, in which I'm a part of the Democratic caucus. There were many great gains that we were able to uh, accomplish 
during uh, that session where we had control of the governor's mansion, control of the lieutenant governor's office, control of the AG's office, control of the House, control of the Senate. So there were some tremendous gains that we were able to make. And what we found is um, you got to stay fortified, right? You have to continually work to, to improve upon uh, those goals because uh, just as sure as those accomplishments were made uh, and we lost control of the governor's mansion, lieutenant governor's uh, office as well as the attorney general's office and the house uh, we lost control of those um, positions and the chamber uh, on the house side immediately there were attempts at rolling back the gains that we had made when it came to education when it came to access to the voting booth when it came to funding uh, uh, matters that are extremely important uh, to the to to the dry long slow folks, the everyday people, um, those things are under attack, and so we got to do all we can to make sure that we continue to fight. We did put up a tremendous fight during this session, mm. and we're able to uh, slow down some of the nonsense, if you will. Uh, but then there were some things that slipped through the house, and then the big blue fire uh, firewall over in the Senate, which is still controlled by Democrats, uh, we were able to uh, stop much of the nonsense in the way of legislation. Much of that stuff was sent straight to file 13 uh, once it got over to the Senate. Absolutely. Uh, but we still have before us uh, matters of amending the state budget. You may recall that in 2022, uh, we began the budget process. We passed the budget, uh, a two-year budget. And so this session, 2023, uh, there were proposals to amend that budget. And so where we are now is, uh, as the Com Commonwealth was flush with resources that none other, nothing like we've ever seen uh, before, um, there were some decisions to be made. Um, as always, uh, this process is one with limited resources but unlimited demands. Uh, we have to set forth some priorities. And um, there were some things that we want to see done. We want to fight for more funding in the way of education and trying to provide a world-class education for our young people. And that's going to come by way of Funding, fully funding the SOQs, making sure that we pay teachers at a national average, uh, support staff that they get paid what they're worth as well as um, funding for uh, providing um, um, uh, great infrastructure right. for our facilities in which the kids are literally sitting in the classroom. And so those are things that are extremely important to us and that are you'll find in the budget amendments that have been put forth. Um, however, um, there are some competing interests that want to give um, more uh, tax breaks to the uh, top and wealthy uh, in the Commonwealth. And 
we just so happen to believe that we should be growing our our economy in such a way that we work with the working class people and work that thing from 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 the middle class and from those who are the least of these. Uh, if we invest there, then we believe the economy will do better. Absolutely. And so that's just the philosophy in which we have about that whole process. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to make sure that we stand strong on that. So um, that is the reason why we did not complete the amendment process to our budget. And we end it without doing so. Um, hopefully, here soon, we'll be able to announce um, uh, what the difference in those negotiations actually look like. So hopefully that'll be in the next couple of weeks, and we'll go back to session and vote on the budget. Absolutely. Budget amendments. Absolutely. And stay the one. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Lavelle. And we have with us Delegate Cliff Hayes, good friend of mine, also NSU alum and a proud delegate representing the great people of the city of Chesapeake, Virginia. Breaking down, wrapping up this legislative session. Delegate Hayes, you know, one thing uh, you mentioned is that you were creating fighting for people from the bottom up, making sure government works. Can you tell us about a couple, maybe three if you have a chance, but a couple of important pieces of legislation that you champion and let us know what happened. Now, we know this session was a kill session uh, based upon a lot of bills uh, that went through as a short session, but uh, tell us about a couple, uh, whether it whether it died in session or you want to bring it back or whether it succeeded and it's uh, on its way to becoming law. Yeah, one of the things that... Um unfortunately was killed during session was a measure to deal with an awful tragedy that we all experienced in Hampton Roads and more specifically in Chesapeake and in my district uh, at a Walmart. There was a shooting there, uh, as we know, uh, by a mass shooter. And that gentleman had gone to the um, dealer and purchased his weapon uh, under uh, what some say uh, anguish, mental anguish, and uh, went to work in the same day and decided to take it out on his co-workers, allegedly. Um, the problem that we have with uh, some of these mental health challenges and folks just running out and trying to solve their problems through firearms, uh, we believe that individuals should have to go through a cooling-off period when they go to purchase these weapons. And so I on behalf of the victims' families of that Walmart shooting, uh, uh, sponsored legislation that would have required a uh, 72-hour waiting period. Um, We thought that that was reasonable. The families thought that was something reasonable to ask and to push for. Um, I'll go back to uh, rewind in your imaginary YouTube line when we had this tragedy occur the flurry of calls and conversations that I had within 24 hours. And so from leadership all over the Commonwealth, as well as my colleagues in the General Assembly, I can't even name on my uh, fingers and toes the number of folks that called and said, if there's anything that we can do to help these families, please let us know. Wow. Well, I'm here to tell you, Uh, putting forth this legislation, I went to those same folks and said, here's the response to your um, 
uh, query, what is it that you can do? You can support this legislation. Unfortunately, um, I got a lot of comments, positive comments about the legislation doing committee um, and sad faces um, as well as um, we feel for you. We uh, extend thoughts and prayers, uh, but uh, a motion was made to gently, I don't know what that means, <laughs> to gently lay the ta- bill on the table to kill it. And, you know, within minutes, they had voted down and killed the building uh, subcommittee, not even full committee, but in subcommittee. And so uh, we appreciate their politeness and so forth and so on. But we really after substance. Um, folks are tired of thoughts and prayers. We need to do something to stop the proliferation of uh, firearms all over the place and in our communities. So it was unfortunate that that piece uh, failed. But I have you know uh, that we're not stopping there. Uh, we'll be back in the future with that same legislation. And hopefully uh, this upcoming November, when these elections, re-elections are happening, that we can gain back control of the House and maintain control of the Senate, and then we'll be more successful at our attempts, no matter what that legislation happens to be. Another piece of legislation um, I sponsored was to assist um, in our um, medical facilities, hospitals, et cetera. Right now, as you know, there's a shortage when it comes to healthcare practitioners and workers in emergency rooms and our hospitals and our doctor's offices, et cetera. And so I sponsored a piece of legislation uh, to actually uh, make it uh, available for surgical assistance. And many people don't realize the importance of surgical assistance, but to make it available that if a surgical assistant finishes a, a, a an accredited program, trained program for them to uh, uh, be one day employed, that if they complete the uh, program uh, that is credentialed, then of course they would be able to go to work immediately as long as uh, they don't get a failing score. Right now folks have to wait six, eight, ten months to get their results back and they're in limbo and they cannot go to work after finishing their training in their school. Uh, what we're asking for is in that period, while they're waiting, that they be uh, allowed to begin to, to, to practice uh, with a title, surgical assistant pending, and um, bring some help and relief to those in the um, medical, medical areas and medical fields. So those are just a couple of pieces of legislation that I carried this, this session that were important that actually made it. That one made it uh, through the House, through the Senate, and is sitting on the governor's desk to be signed. So we certainly hope that that will be the case, that he'll sign it. If he doesn't sign it and he's just quiet about it, uh, it will become law automatically within by the, uh, I think the end of March. So... You know, with those pieces of legislation, as you stated, one's making it through and the other one is was basically killed. And that means that the other side defeated it without making a lot of noise about it because it was definitely a great bill, but nobody wanted to be on the bad side of history. 
uh, out loud. But records do show, so the records are still there. Uh, but as it relates to the budget, okay, can you tell us a little bit about the budget, uh, what was passed, and where things are as you believe they're headed toward a special session, if they are? Well, um, one thing that um, I sponsored in the way of a budget amendment um, that I thought was pretty big, uh, again, with all of this stuff going on right now, there were concerns about security in our schools. And so I put forth um, a piece of legislation, not legislation, but a budget amendment to create uh, a funding pool for uh, school districts to apply to receive funding for their for security. Um, it was merged with other security grant money uh, budget amendments, and then ultimately uh, I had to defend it, and so it became mine. So $12 million, I think it's $12 million that's been made available, um, and so we'll look forward to uh, that in the Senate budget, they had some $25 million in their budget for it. So hopefully through negotiations, we can meet in the middle somewhere <laughs> and um, that pool of resources will be available. Uh, in the city of Chesapeake, there's a desire uh, to replace an aging uh, CTE uh, component uh, facility, if you will, uh, that will be shared regionally now. Uh, by the city of Norfolk, Portsmouth, and Chesapeake for uh, workforce development for uh, young students uh, in careers that are in high demand. So whether it's uh, shipbuilding repair, electricians, uh, cybersecurity professionals, programmers, uh, it's engineers, et cetera, they will be uh, able to be trained through high school at this regional facility, and the funding has passed, uh, uh, voted on in the House for that, and that same funding was available in the Senate budget, and they passed it. So the idea is hopefully um, through this process that'll be left alone and we'll be successful in getting that funding as well. Absolutely. And what do you believe is going to happen ultimately with the budget? You know, there's a lot of proposals of tax cuts proposed by the governor, a lot of uh, new spending. I mean, is it smart to do that, given what we see, the unsteadiness in the market? Uh, what are the legislators thinking? What's your take? Well, I think it's important for us to realize that um, uh, with the flush resources that the Commonwealth is experiencing, one, um, money that we have that we receive um, that exceeds uh, these revenues in one year uh, should be set aside, and particularly those resources that have come um, for one-time spending purposes that we do the same to keep, take care of some one-time uh, expenditure needs uh, going forward. Now, when it comes to ongoing matters of funding, uh, again, um, we believe on the Democrat side that we need to be preparing for a world-class education here in the Commonwealth of Virginia and to make sure that all kids have access to a quality, uh, uh, high-performing, high-opportunity quality education. 
And um, we're pushing hard for that and to make sure that the standards of qualities uh, should be uh, funded as well as uh, teacher pay to bring them up to the uh, over the national average and um, even more for um, our facilities. And so the question is going to be with uh, the other side of the aisle pushing for uh, corporate tax cuts and so forth, uh, and then individual taxes for the wealthy folks here in the Commonwealth of Virginia to continue to get tax breaks, et cetera, when uh, we wouldn't even fund the earned income tax credit for working families and people uh, in the middle and at the bottom, uh, our most vulnerable communities, uh, we just so happen to believe that we need to be making sure that we uh, create safety nets for these individuals as well. And that is the best way um, to assure up our economy here in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Uh, we stand fast and firm on that. Uh, we know what will work. Um, evidence uh, and experience in the past has shown that investing in that way and investing in all people uh, is the best uh, method for uh, protecting our economy and growing the economy. And so we want to make sure that we continue that. that and uh, we'll see what happens uh, through these negotiations that are going on uh, even as we speak. Absolutely. Well, look, in the final few minutes that we have, you know, as I told the, our listeners, this year we are electing or reelecting 140 new members of the General Assembly, 100 in the House and 40 in the Senate. Will you let us know today what's in store for Delegate Cliff Hayes in 2024? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, this year, uh, as you know, this is an election year for us, and the district in which I represent and many others, um, our districts have been redrawn according to the um, requirements after the uh, uh, centennial, I mean, not centennial, the um, census, rather. Uh, ten years, every ten years, the districts get redrawn, and so a slight shift in uh, the territory in which I represent on the fringes, on the edges. So I have been taken out of parts of Virginia Beach, like College Park, that I used to represent, or I currently represent. Um, and like a water balloon, as that has come out and we've squished on that end of the district, it has increased my representation in terms of geography over into parts of Portsmouth. Uh, in addition to that shifting, it also increased the number of people that I represent because now instead of 80,000 people, I represent 86,000 people uh, in the district. Now, what that means is um, the core of the district stays intact. So again, the area that I told you about that my family uh, and generations have been in, my grandparents, my parents, my in-laws, my wife, uh, my in-laws, parents, all of them come out of the South Norfolk area uh -huh. 
uh, in Chesapeake and Crestwood and uh, Indian River and parts of Portsmouth. So um, I'm representing an area that I've been fighting for all of my life. Absolutely. And interestingly enough, I was just driving from Richmond the other day and just having some windshield time. And as I moved into Hampton Roads area on my radio dial, I heard hot 91.1 WNSB. <laughs> and it just reminded me because the number that they have assigned to my district is 91. That's it. That's so it. I'm, just re- <laughs> I'm just reminding folks that I will now be representing the hot 91. 91st district of the Virginia House of Delegates. That's it. And look, my good friend, as always, we thank you for joining us. And we're going to talk more about that. But join us every Sunday as we bring movers, shakers, and policymakers to you to discuss issues important to the community. God bless, be great, and we'll see you next Sunday.